I was in London a couple of years ago and I'm standing at Piccadilly Circus and there's people everywhere. I'm like, this is interesting. I'm the envy of my friends, you know, work when I want, travel all over the world. But I'm not really happy. That was one time and there was another time where and I got like a $60,000 commission payment. And that same day, I visited someone who was dying. And those two times have really showed me that money, it actually doesn't matter. And you've got to hold money loosely. This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is The Personal Finance Show. Glenn James wants you to know that money doesn't really matter. Glenn has a very successful financial planning business in Australia and hosts Australia's top podcast for millennials called My Millennial Money. Glenn believes that if you follow your passion, focus on helping others, start your own business, and automate everything that you can, then the money will come. But it doesn't come overnight. Glenn is in his early 30s, but he started in business almost two decades ago, and by the age of 25 had more real-life business experience than most people in their 40s. Glenn didn't come from money, and he worked hard to get to where he is today. When the money does come, the thing to do isn't always extreme frugality and aggressive saving. You have to take care of future you and your fixed expenses, but once you're covered there, you should have permission to spend the rest and enjoy your life. Glenn wants you to know that the pursuit of money alone won't bring you happiness. Money gives you options, but it should not be the goal. I didn't get to connect with Glenn during my visit to Australia in July, but we were able to meet up later in Orlando during FinCon 2018, where he shared his personal finance story. So I guess my first memory about money, I don't know the exact age, but I would have been under 10 years old, and my grandfather had property. And he had 22 acres oh, wow. um, north of Sydney, three and a half hours. Like it was the countryside, beautiful. Okay. And in Australia, and I'm not sure about Canada, we've got a thing called fireweed. It looks like a yellow flower, okay. but it's a weed and it spreads like fire. It probably has something very similar. Yeah. So he said one day, do you want a job? I'm like, sure. And he said, well, you can pick the fireweed and I'll pay you 50 cents an hour. Pick it like by hand? Yeah, like okay. remove it. And I thought... 50 cents an hour. No deal. Not yeah. doing it. <laughs> okay. I, I'm thinking that's too much exertion for such a small return. You knew that already yeah. somehow. Yeah. And I was under 10. The biggest problem and the biggest asset that I've I've got in my life is being self-aware to a fault. Interesting. Which even saying that is... Not very, early. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're pretty aware of that. Yeah. Which is so, good. <laughs> so I, I, it's funny, like... So I thought, I'm just not, and it's kind of, I look back now and like my business ventures and whatnot, like if it's not actually worth it, I won't exert the energy. Well, that's pretty smart. I yeah. think that's what they teach you in business school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like if you think it's not going to pay off, don't even start it. Do the risk analysis first. So you have that maybe built in? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, 
That was my first. Did you negotiate him up? No. You just said, no, I'm not yeah. going to do it. Not doing Grandpa? it. Grandpa? Yeah. Yeah, pop. <laughs> pop. Pop, is that, is that the term in yep. Australia? Okay. Yep. Well, it, there's both, but there's, yeah. he was pop. Pop. Yeah. And so. so did you start doing something else then at that point to make money? Or were you did you care about no, making money at that point? No, not really. Because um, you didn't need it. Did you need it for anything? Well, I was under 10, so... What did your parents... Uh, like, yeah. what if you need sweets or Well, th- they something? would just buy it for so us. So they would buy you yeah. things. We never really had pocket money. Yeah, um, like an allowance, a yeah. weekly, do chores around the house. Yeah, no I mean, or like we would... Um, help out. Yeah, I remember like I would have to mop the floor and vacuum and mm-hmm. do the yeah. dishwasher and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which was just, yeah, part of being a part of the family right yeah yeah exactly um i like that way of of doing it because if you're not going to just include it as part of being a kid and being part of a family mm. then at least structure it like a job would be so that they get used to that like you've got to teach them something totally right? if totally. they just do like a half-assed job and then get some money well that's what they're probably going to do when they get the job exactly and, uh, so i it's just i got to think about what is allowance for but so you didn't even do that that structure wasn't there not really but i didn't want for anything as well so yeah it, it was really good what were your parents uh doing for money for work they were just um you know dad was a truck driver interstate for uh okay. for many years yeah. mum worked at the pharmacy okay. um like as an assistant yeah, or, yeah yeah and then dad uh, started his own business okay and had a cleaning business um so entrepreneur yeah dad, yeah, yeah. And he owned his trucking business. So, and my grandfather was also a, a small business owner. So okay. it was kind of destined that I would work for myself. You probably got someone to pay uh, twenty-five cents to do the. Exactly. He was offering you a high rate, <coughs> maybe. <laughs> so, but who knows? He might have been prepared to negotiate two dollars right. an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, he's I'm just starting like, low. Based on that spirit of yeah. negotiation, I don't want anything. To I do don't with like you. the way you started, Pop. That's uh, this is ins- this first offer is insulting to me. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess for me, fast forward, I was sixteen years old, fifteen years old. Always mm-hmm. had an interest in shares and entrepreneurial okay. books. And yeah, okay. I remember reading Rich Dad Poor Dad like a million years ago. Really, as an was, early teen. Yeah, that was like my first. Wow. My first thing, and then and just uh, just for <clears> people who don't know, it's a the qu- what's the quick summary is you have to get get property or, or assets well right? i no for me the rich dad poor dad book if and i tell my listeners if you haven't read it mm-hmm. you know, do yeah. it do it tomorrow like because it's a mindset yeah. thing yeah yeah so the premise is uh this young man he grew up under a, a father that was a school teacher mm-hmm. safe government job yeah. and he had a friend's dad who was a very wealthy property investor and they had two different schools of thought uh sure. one was government job one job don't take risks that's your lot you know Forevermore, you'll amen. You'll be fine. The other one is life's too short. Take risks. Do stuff that other people aren't doing. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So that was really cool to read that. And then I'll do like a community community college weekend course about shares because okay. uh, I just had an interest in that. And then I actually I didn't love school because I didn't like people telling me what to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I don't want to sit here and. You know, I and I came yeah. first in business studies. I really like that. But somehow you already knew what to do, which is what people don't know when they go to school. And exactly. That's why they're okay yeah. sitting it. But yeah. you had this idea of you yeah. just knew what you wanted. So yeah. I could see that being frustrating. So I wanted to leave school and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Hmm. And I wasn't allowed to leave school unless I got an apprenticeship at the very least. Okay. Which is like a like full... Like allowed by your parents yeah, or, f- or the law or, or no, how does it work? Well, by my parents. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
So it was a four-year um, structured um, course and a trade, and that was in telecommunications. Okay. So I did that for four years, and I was the youngest in my year. So by the time I was 20, I left school at 16, and by the time I was 20, I had been fully qualified yeah. uh, telecommunications technician. Okay. <laughs> and I Without, knew- like, this is like going to school, but you didn't. Have so to go to a college or well, university. you did the college one one day a week. Okay, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so it was a technical college, yeah. and then the four days was on the job. So, what exactly were you qualified to do then? Uh, so, like, see this Cisco phone system here. Yeah, so like yeah, program like them, landline. install them, do yeah. the big commercial systems. Okay, yeah, um, wow, yeah. So, at, so at the age of twenty, you're already qualified for this. Yeah, and I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to do. I wanted to work with money or do something. And then I saw a um, course, like a financial planning course. Long story short, I um, quit that role after you know doing the apprenticeship. So you're all ready to go, and how long do you actually spend working as that? Not even... I did it for four, basically four years, the apprenticeship, and a couple of months after the apprenticeship okay. finished. Like, so you did I, what you had to do. Yeah, and then I knew it wasn't for me. Yeah, but, well, that's what you got to do sometimes. But conversely, yeah. I believe nothing is wasted. No, and yeah, I agree And the with skills you. that I learned yes. then, I apply to my life today. Sure. The forward thinking, strategic thinking, yeah. critical thinking, problem solving, dealing with people. You can always take something, absolutely, even just one little thing. But you got a lot of things. That was totally. I'm sure it taught you. Everything. Totally. You just totally. have to have an open. mind I mean, I was thinking. a 16 year old apprentice going into offices, communicating with people. Oh yeah. So that's totally valuable. Yeah, totally priceless. Even. Yeah. Okay. I started studying financial planning correspondence, mm-hmm. and I tried to get a job in in financial planning in finance. Sure. And I think I went for like five or six interviews, and I couldn't get a job. And was there a reason? Not Availability, sure. I just wasn't qualified. Uh, yeah, all that just couldn't get a job. Sure. And I was ready to go back to telecommunications. It was like, and then I went to one recruiter. I remember the very end of it. I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to a recruiter. I went to a recruiter for this admin job and they said, oh, we're really sorry. The job that you're here for has just been taken. They got someone else and they cancelled us. However, one that we recently filled, the guy just pulled out of and we Mm. think it's a good fit for you. And it was? It was a admin reception role at a financial planning office. So, way to get in. Way to get in. So, I mean, I was collecting the mail and the milk of a morning on the front desk reception, like, which is, a you know, I think it's a valuable job for the right person. For me, I learned a lot. So I was in this firm. So I went to the interview. I was late to the interview because <laughs> I was just like, I'm over it. I don't even care anymore. Like, yeah, okay. Late to the interview. Um, I'd already started studying and I worked at that place for four and a half years. Okay. And moved from reception to admin yeah. to uh, power planning, doing financial advice documents for the advisors. Yes. Then I would be an associate advisor. Yeah, okay. So advising clients. And then I was 25 years old. And I was commuting from the central coast in New South Wales, Australia, to Sydney, which is an hour north on the beach. So I was commuting to Sydney every day. And I'm like, I don't want to move to Sydney. I want to start my own business. So I started my own business at age 25 doing financial planning. Okay, and you're fully qualified and you have the experience of going through. I, I basically did another apprenticeship in financial planning. Yeah, you did. A lot of CFPs will 
go out and do this on their own, but maybe they'll do it later than 25. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah this that's is right. very early. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. So at 25, you're already ready to start your own firm because you feel like you can go out on your own when maybe someone would be yeah. five years later or yeah. even 35. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So you're getting a head start on that. How are your finances at this point? Like, were you making money as an apprentice? Well, before, I was in, like 16 I'll, to 20. Uh, yes. And and then after not, yeah, actually while you were working up to yeah. 25. Yeah. So I was employed uh, from 20 to, you know, 25 yeah. at the financial planning office. Yes. Um, yeah. Doing all those. My base roles. salary was like 35 grand. Like, so nothing. were you able to save anything? Not until? really. I, you, you just can't save money on yeah, the minimum income really like. So did it really start when you were 25 then? Like when you got your own thing, that's when you were able yeah. to start saving? So basically investing? the amazing story was a year before I quit my job, a very wealthy individual got a job there advising who had just moved from the country. Okay. So like six hour drive away. Sure. Very wealthy. And he sat next to me and I worked with him mm. and he was my rich dad. Okay. My okay. mentor. So you got to have a mentor next to you. Yeah. So every day we used to go and get lunch nice. and he changed my mindset from mm. the working class. Like my dad had his own business, but he just owned his job, right? Sure. But this guy full on mentored me mm. to change my mindset. The wealth creation mindset. Totally. Yeah. But anything's possible mindset. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like you, mm. you do what you want. Because I said to him once, like we are joking around and he said, and I said to him, you know that saying, oh, you can't have it all. Like, yeah. He's like, why not? Why not? Yeah. I like <laughs> and, to say that. Yeah. It's power of positive thinking as well. And sometimes it might sound unrealistic, but I I still believe you should say things like that. Totally. I'd yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. Maybe you're not being realistic in every point, but if you say I can't do it, then that will come true. Right? Totally. So, so he changed that uh, mindset for you. Absolutely. And did that give you sort of the motivation to go on your own? Is that like just yeah. at the tail end of... Uh, yeah. So yeah. that was like a year before I quit. Sure. Um, and then he was departing to do another role and we kind of had a joke with each other like, oh, the first one to leave wins and really <laughs> amazing. We left within a day of each other. He retired. No, well, no. He, he was only in his oh, 40s. Oh, so he, he just stepping he stone. A, oh, yeah, okay. I, onto, thought, yeah. I thought maybe he was at the end because that's no. why he was so wealthy, but he just did well in his Previously, like, yeah. the last 10, 15 yeah. years. Yeah, because okay. he had a farm and he sold that, and so he was okay. worth many millions. Yeah, um, so, and what did he go and do? Just uh, a sidebar he, there. he did other advising, and then he, he landed a, a national role for a big firm. Now he's doing his own venture capital stuff. And the cool thing was... He actually, because I said, I've got no money. Like, how can I do this? Yeah. Like, and he goes, well, I'm going to write you a check. Hmm. And he said, I'm never going to ask for it back. If you want to pay it back, it can be in a week, 10 weeks, 10 years, whatever, but I'll never wow. ask you for it. Yeah. There you go. Go start your business. And so that you were his first uh, venture capital. Well, I think it was, just, it was just someone it was who believed in me. Yeah. It was a gift. Hmm. And, um, can you tell me how much it is or is that... Oh, I would prefer not. Okay, yeah, that's fine. But it yeah. was significant. Yeah. Like even if it was $500. Sure. It would have been... Something to give you... It, but it wasn't the money. It was, it was, oh, someone actually believes that I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how no. much, right? Yeah. If we know how much it is, it might skew our view of this this act yeah. of giving you the It was under $10,000. Yeah. Like okay. it wasn't a lot okay. of money. Yeah. Um. But you're just like, wow... I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. I, before I started my business, I basically spent the months before 
marketing and contacting people that could send me clients. Okay, yeah. So is that okay to do? I guess. Like if <laughs> do what I want, <laughs> in right? In hindsight, though? yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind. I mean, I I took a couple of sick days and um, okay, yeah. went and talked to other businesses and said, hey, I'm starting a. Uh, I now focused on insurance first, like okay. life insurance, yeah. income insurance, because I started uh, approaching mortgage brokers for them to refer me clients mm-hmm. because if I couldn't get clients, I couldn't make money. No. And so so I spent the first, like I think in my first year of business, I met with 42 businesses mm. in my area yeah. to refer me clients. And why were they Why were they choosing? Well, and that was it. I, I said, look, I'm good at what I do. I'll hero you. I'll... I'll keep you in the loop and it's more of a value proposition for you to look after your client mm-hmm. by ensuring that your customer has the right insurance Yeah, and I won't farm them out to any other brokers, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I guess it was funny, the first year, the first financial year, my financial, because I did a bit of a business plan because I needed a license in Australia and okay. um, the company I was licensed through, who I still am today, um, at the time, the financial planning license cost $26,000 a year. Wow. And they gave me six-month fee-free. Okay. Is but that common or? It can be, yeah. Yeah. So, they said, we can't, we're not giving you a license unless you prove that you can do this. So, we need a so business plan. Something and, detailed. Yeah. So, I basically projected, I want to generate in the first year, I think I said like $90,000 okay. or $100,000, I think it was. Like <laughs> In the first year of business. The first financial year. It sounds reaching. Is it, was it far reaching? It was It was doable, I okay. thought. Okay. And after the first year, I basically did it. Okay. It's almost more than doubled my income that I was earning Yeah. before. How did you do it? Before I left my business, uh, the company that I worked for, the guy who trained me, he said, just remember two things. Look after people hmm. and don't chase the dollars. Okay, yeah. So, I just set out to help people. So, the more people you help, the better you'll do. Yeah, I, I agree with it. Yeah. Like People like to think that it doesn't always work, or does it always work in your experience? I think in the long run, it will. Yeah. So, you've just got to play a long game. Yeah, that's right. People want it to happen yeah. right away. I think that's yeah. probably the biggest fallacy, right? Yeah. So instant uh, returns. Totally. So, everything I do in my life, mm-hmm. I do it for the Glenn in Five years for the Glen at age sixty-five. Nice. So, like at the moment, I uh, we've got superannuation in Australia. Um, you can put up to twenty-five thousand dollars a year into that mm-hmm. retirement savings account. I cap mine out every year. Okay. And people go, "You're so young. Why are you putting twenty-five grand away?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Bitch, can I say that on here?" Yeah, you can <laughs> like, say whatever you like. I'm like, if because I'm a spender. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, sure. I'm like if it doesn't get locked oh, away, yeah. put it away, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> like I'm doing it to protect the Glenn James. Well, that's what a lot of people, 40 years time people like, so we have RSPs, which is very similar to supers. It's locked away. Yeah. You pay yep. a penalty. If you take it out, you can for a certain reason. We can't even take it out until preservation at age 60. So that's more like a locked in retirement account. So Absolutely. If we have, it's closer to like a pension sort of sure. deal. Uh, you could take it out like if you're at uh, poverty level for a couple of years or if yeah. you have some kind of medical Yeah, thing, we get all that crap. You have the, yeah. Yeah, those reasons, but yeah. it's basically locked away. It's locked away, yeah. People also look, though, at uh, property um, in that way, too. Would you sure. say the same thing? Like, is is it a forced savings to pay yeah, a mortgage? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I've got my, my main house that I live in with a mortgage. Mm-hmm. I've got an investment property with a mortgage and I've got a third property which will be completed next year okay. which will have a mortgage as well. And you would spend that money. Yeah, but I, so the big thing 
um, in Australia with wealth creation was uh, interest only on investment loans. Okay. So you just pay the interest, you don't pay the capital down. Hmm. And then in the future, hopefully the capital value will increase and then inflation will help pay the debt off, blah, blah, blah. Like 20 years, whatever. Like you, it's always interest only. Yeah. Well, you've got to refinance it after five years. Sure. Okay. But all my loans are now principal and interest. Yeah. Because I, it's forced savings. I'm paying down debt. I'm buying an income stream for the Glen James in 30 years. Well, how do you feel about debt? I don't love it. I mean, I don't have any consumer debt. Yeah. That was different than leverage debt. Yeah. I mean, mortgage. I'm a big fan of Dave Rams in America, Mm. but it's not possible in Australia to buy property without debt. No, I, I'd, where can you buy property? Like maybe here in Florida. Mm, yeah. Because like, it's like $100,000 yeah, property. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my first investment property was 450000 Yeah. I mean, no Who's one's saving have, that. No one is. Even if you started early like you did, or you like people can do it if they get, say, gifts or from parents, or if you have an early inheritance somehow. But yeah, even that, like that totally. much cash, we're like yeah, that's, it's not a possible. Totally. And, Dave and Ramsey thinks that it's possible? Well, in America, and it might be in America. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if I lived here, I probably would do property his way because hmm. I just don't like debt. So save up all the money, all the money you need. That's yeah. what he says, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it might be a longer game. But you've just got to remember, he hmm. hasn't made money from investing. He's made money from telling people how to pay off debt. Yeah. <laughs> and I really respect him. And I would take his advice all day long. Yeah. But in Australia, it is not possible to buy property without uh, gearing. Yeah. And maybe in parts of Canada, like parts of the States too, but not where I'm from and not where you're from in terms of areas. But yeah, like consumer debt, I don't have, like I use credit cards while I'm, you know, overseas, got my Amex, so I don't pay the international fee. And if the car gets stolen, like it's easier. But day to day, I use Visa debit. I don't chase points um no okay i don't buy lounges on you know so not pay- even reward cards uh for that you no. even if you're going to pay it off is yeah, you, you, are you I at d- risk do you feel like you're at risk if you use credit in that way yeah my personality is sure so what i do when i teach because i've got an online course that i made because i was sick of telling people how to yeah. manage their money sure what i do is i've got an account that's with one bank and the only app that is on my phone is that bank okay and the only card that's in my wallet or the only apple pay on my phone yeah. is that card okay now i call that my blow account yeah okay and i put six hundred dollars a week yeah into that blow account okay and i don't have to use my brain i can just blow that money oh yeah food entertainment yeah. going out you know anything don't use my brain for and i do that weekly Okay, and that's because you can afford that. Everything else has been yep. taken care of. Yeah, I've got a bills account. Stuff's taken care of. I've got savings. All the fixed stuff. Yeah, all like the, the fixed stuff's counted for. I pay myself uh, fortnightly or bi-weekly from my business into my cash hub and then weekly out to my blow account. Yes. And now, of course, this is now, mm. but you weren't always able to have 600 a week, as you said, no. in your blow account. Yeah. So you had your first year, you hit 100000 in, would you say, gross? Yeah, yeah, gross, yeah. yeah. And so where did it go from there? Like, uh, did you just keep in the business? That? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so the, the business, I, I run it pretty lean. 
it's up to about 500 turnover at the moment, but I don't have real data for this financial because I had a lot of staff and I've just got... We real... don't have to get into those details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you... <laughs> so I, I, whatever so you're at, comfortable yeah, or know, I don't care. Like, know about. I, uh, no one I know is listening, but I take home <laughs> about 200K a year. Yeah, so 200K a year, take home and... And like the car expenses and all that, a lot of the expenses are in the business anyway. So, gross yeah. it up, it might be, it's probably over 200, I don't know. And then, so you, maybe that started after, like, by, probably, well, how old are you now? 34. And so, by the time, so the first couple of years, now you're you're making money for the first time at 20, really? Yeah, I think 25, 20, 26. 27 was when it really got good. And you never had any reason to think about where you're going to put your money because you didn't have any. And so what That's did right. you decide to do? At the, You had interest in all these different things like property and stuff. Did, did you yeah, start with property? Yeah, I did. But the first thing I did was purchase my own house to live in. But it's funny because financially on paper mm-hmm. in Australia, it's cheaper to rent where you want to live and invest elsewhere because mm. you claim tax deduction, like your home office, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But because I'm a conservative person, I want to make sure that no one's taking my freaking house. I can live here. Sure. I can paint the wall. Like, yeah, yeah. And, so that's just me. Yeah. You wanted some more power over that. And I wanted to, while I built the business, I wanted to make sure that home was home in it. And because I'm a business owner, I didn't yeah. want to get evicted during a busy time in the business of and course. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So the first thing was yeah, my house. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, I bought my first investment property. And this is big in Australia, right? In investment properties. Someone yeah. said that this is... You want to have an investment property. It's very common. Oh, everyone wants an investment property in Australia. Yeah, and and a lot of people do also in North America. But I I feel like it's almost like a rite of passage for for you guys. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So then I also that's when I started as well, uh, capping out my superannuation. So you're maximizing there. Yeah, maximizing there. And so yeah, so you started your property plus that, and would you say like. I mean, your your expenses are lean. You're one person. Well, the business you're expenses spending, are lean. Yeah, but you're a spender. Yeah. So yeah. how does that work? I've probably I've been in the states six weeks. Mm-hmm. It'd be over fifteen grand. Fifteen grand yeah. that you spend, but it, you have this money now. Yeah. Well, like I fly business class. Yeah. Um, the last I went to New York City the last night I did there it was eight hundred and fifty dollars for a hotel suite overlooking Central Park because I'm big on buying experiences and not things. Sure. And I give a lot of money away to mm. charities and yeah. I had a meeting the other day with my business coach and my personal financial coach and I'm like stressing out because I'm like, oh, I'm not doing well. Like, oh, and they're like, um, <laughs> well, you're saving over 30% of your income. <laughs> so, yeah, so because <laughs> Not including the um, the giving. The uh, give. So you're already saving, like saving meaning the investment properties and, well, like and the maxing out super? Is maxing that out super, yeah. the investment properties. So doing- and I've got a... Um, an investment account, like a um, managed fund, like a managed fund, sure. mutual fund yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. In a, it's a, an investment bond. Okay. So I put money in there every month. So in Australia, like, and probably in America, it's like a lot of money guys are like, I'm property only, equities is crap, or I'm equities only, property is crap. I just like do both. Yeah, <laughs> just spread, spread it around. Yeah. It's another way to diversify. Yeah. And everyone's all about doing all mm. these niche things. Mm. But you're only like, let's just you know reference the fifteen grand. You're doing this after everything is covered. Oh, absolutely, right? and yeah. and that's that's a good lesson. Like, 
you know, everyone's at different income levels, but you like, you know, you call it your blow account because you can blow it because yeah. you've, you're taking care of everything mm. else. I'm not a fan of the fire movement. Sure. Okay. Only because yeah. I can't be frugal. It's not in me. Extreme frugality or gorilla frugality. Yeah. I, I'm, I just like my mentor said to me once, like Maka, who I referenced before the millionaire guy, mm-hmm. he's like, you can't give anything away because it always comes back. Mm. I mean, the other night, just a couple of nights ago, heap of us went out for dinner and I'm not big noting myself I'm just sure, sure. sure like yeah. um, I just grabbed the check for the table yeah because you know you can afford it yeah and what is better than experiencing life with friends and yes. food I mean for my 33rd birthday yeah it was so funny I um because I never did a an 18th birthday a 21st and like they're big you landmarks were, you were working well I just wasn't into that like because yeah, okay. I'm not I don't want to be the same anyway I thought you know what I'm 33 I'm going to hire a place and I'm going to, I think I invited 30 people Sure. and it was a sit down dinner and my designer, we worked with the restaurant and it was a cool bar, restaurant, food place. And, um, cause I all, my dream, like I remember when I was like 20, I'm like, if I could go out for dinner and, and pay like $300 for some people for dinner. Like, that would be so cool to shout, yeah, my friends. Yeah. So anyway, we, we got the menu. My designer did up a menu um, that I chose the food from the restaurant. We did it in the same restaurant theme. Okay. And it said, you only turned 33 once. Okay, yeah. And um, so I invited all my friends. We choose a three-course meal, choose what you want. The bar was open. Like the bar girls, when I was organizing it, they're like, oh, do you want just wine and beer? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, all oh, spirits and cocktails. I'm like, no, I want it all. Everything. Like, they're my friends. Yeah. Like, Don't want what? somebody to not have a white Russian because it's not on the, That's right. on so, the menu. That's right. So... So we did a uh, my thirty third birthday. Uh, I think when I walked out, the bill was two two thousand two hundred, and I just covered it all for everyone. And to me, that was the real gift. Like that was amazing to experience life. See, that night may not have happened because some people there were uni students. Uh, they might not have been able to afford sure, a really yeah, nice they, place. They wouldn't have been able to come, and that because that happens because you started so young. People who are your age, a lot of them are just starting out. Totally, friends of yours, right? Totally. So this goes all goes back because I like the that you said like when I was twenty. Like on the surface, it sounds like you might have come from money or something, right? But mm. you you just worked for ten years before everyone was even yeah. doing anything. Yeah, totally. And it sounds really bizarre. So. My financial planning business, mm-hmm. most people in Australia get debt and buy businesses and buy clients and then start. Okay. But I started oh. everything organically from scratch. Yeah. So I had no debt building my business. Sure. And yeah. now my business. So my business has a recurring income of about 350 grand. Yeah. So that's why I don't need clients anymore. Okay. So yeah. So you're good. Yeah. So I've leaned it up. So I want to take 200 home and not need to worry about new clients. So... 33, 34 years old now. Yeah. So how does someone do what Glenn James did? Like, it, the, did they have to do that, you know, apprenticeship? Like, like the, all those, I, you start early? Yeah, I think, well, it's just, I, I'll say, I was at a cafe the other day, and there was a young girl who I know from, she's just finishing year 12, or she's just going into year 11 or something. Okay. She, and she works there, and, you know, I know her. And one of the other girls said to me, oh, Glenn, she's, um, She's just about to drop out of economics. You're in money. What she, should she do? Yeah. And I said, she should do what she wants. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think if you're listening and you're in school and you know university isn't for you, go and 
follow your passion, as long as you don't get pregnant, get on drugs or end up in jail, like go to university when you're 25. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was 25. Sure. So live, get some experience. So how would you do what I did? You need to do something you're passionate about. Yeah. You've got to run your own business, unfortunately. Because otherwise you're capped for income. Income's capped. Yeah. You need systems and processes. Mm. So like my financial planning business last year when I was taking new clients, there was, uh, say, 20 purple folders and purple folders in my new clients. Mm -hmm. We could print a report and see where every single one was at in the process. Mm. So I had maximum efficiency in the business. Yeah, it's important for scale, which is what you did. To to start making 100,000 in your first year, you would have had to... I'd I'd had to have systems and processes, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it sounds weird, but I, I wanted to set up the business so... Each client I sat down with, they felt like they were my only client. Yeah, as they should. Yeah, but in the background, it was a sausage factory. However, wait, wait, can you? What does that mean? Can you? A sausage factory. Well, you know how they make sausages with the machines, yeah. where they just pump, they roll them out. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's really just all the same. So that was happening in the background in, in your business. Yeah, but the key thing is. Don't be misunderstood at key steps in the advice process. Obviously, the advice and product is different. Interesting. But the process is the same I like for that. every client. So you might seem like you're taking the humanity mm. out of it by making it uh, automated or, mm. or you know efficient but, process, but, but the parts of it are human. Totally. So the yeah. email, like after every time you would meet with me, if I met with somebody uh, four times as a new client... Yeah. After they would leave the office, they would get an automated email mm. that's written in a language like I would write it. Yeah, exactly. And so, and you did spend time. This yeah. is what you would want. This to is like Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday nights. You. I'm doing the processes, the systems, and yeah. they. I taught. Yeah. So a lot of it is do what you love. Do it for yourself. Yes. Get systems and processes. So anything you have to do twice, you. It's the same. It can be automated. And how, and how many... You probably worked a lot at the beginning. Yeah, totally. Like, how many hours would you say you were working a week or just like... Uh, to be honest... Always. I, <laughs> always working. This sound, no, not really. No? Really? Um, okay. I probably only, on average, over the last eight years, average three and a half days a week. Okay. Maybe four. So, it's the systems and processes... Yeah, you just you would have developed them at the beginning. Maybe spent a little extra time then. Yeah, to yeah. get the process going. And then I, I don't like working. Remember when my pop wanted hey, me to do stuff? Sure, yeah. But I love doing the vision and helping people. Yeah, I love setting up the systems and the processes. So I guess what is a financial advisor doing at FinCon? Yeah, uh, good question. Well, especially you. Like, well, we know you have a podcast. Yep. I mean, you're pretty set right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I, if I really wanted to, I could change, I could literally, like I've been in the States for six weeks. Yeah. I've probably emailed two clients with a question or issue. Yeah. I've got a PA who's does a lot of my legwork and she's the main contact. Okay. I could just do whatever I want whenever I want. I was in London a couple of years ago and uh, I wasn't happy. And I'm standing at Piccadilly Circus and there's people everywhere and it was a last minute trip to London and I'm like, this is interesting. I'm I'm the envy of my friends, mm-hmm. you know, work when I want, travel all over the world. Yeah. I'm not really happy. Sure. And to me, there was two that was one time and there was another time where my I got a huge 
I do a lot of business insurance, so big business cases, and I got like a $60,000 commission payment. And that same day, I visited someone who was dying. And those two times have really showed me that money, it actually doesn't matter. Okay. And you've got to hold money loosely. Yeah. Like, yes, I've got to provide for future Glenn, which I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've got to yeah, give charitably, which I probably that. give away 15% of my income to charities. And wow. So a lot of my income goes to saving. All I do is give, save, spend. Yeah. That's all I do. But yeah, the money, you just got to hold it loosely. So you you want to spread this message yeah. to people. Yeah. Is that, I, that's what you I, talk about on your podcast? So, so My Millennial Money, the podcast that I run, so I basically now work in the financial planning business only two days a week mm-hmm. and not taking new clients. I'm literally just loving and looking after the clients that I've got yeah. and treating them well and over-servicing them and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But in Australia, there is a huge need for financial literacy for under 30s. Yes. It's harder over 30s because they're in habits and routines and behaviors. Um, so I've started, I started a blog, sortyourmoneyout.com. Mm-hmm. And then I started a podcast six months ago, My Millennial Money. And it's basically infotainment. Mm, okay. There's myself, John, who's a property investor. Yep. And then a friend, Aaron, who's not in finance. And we talk okay. about topical things like and that. just chat about it like friends. Yes. So it's engaging and yeah, it's going really well in Australia. So what I do Appealing now... Appealing to millennials. Totally. Right? Yeah. So off the back of that, you know, I did a lot of, you know, money and cash flow coaching because I hate budgets, right? Sure. Like, don't tell me I've got to log $4 on a coffee. You don't, so you're a spender. I'm a spender. Yeah. So that's why I coach people with my course to do the blow account and have the systems and structures in Take place. Take care of the big stuff. And because then, yeah. the blow account, it's good for the spenders like me because it governs me. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every week, when there's $20 left, I feel poor. No, <laughs> you do? Yeah. But that's good because the system's working because that evening there's another $600 coming in. I like that it actually makes you feel restricted even though you know, I know. you have assets that's crazy. you get to. I know. That's kind of fascinating. I'm like, I drive a luxury car. I've yeah. got the, you know, the nice watch and all that crap. But why do I feel broke? Oh, it's because my system's working. That's why. <laughs> but for the savers, the yeah. blow account's good because it gives you permission. Permission. I love that. Uh, uh, people say a budget gives you permission too. Totally. So I'm big on the spending plan. Um, budget scares people because yeah, it, it feels does. restrictive. Even the word does. So my job is now to spending plan. I like educate that. people yeah. on how to structure their finances to yeah. empower them. You don't need debt for stuff. Save up, pay cash. If you've got to go on the secondhand website, go in the affluent suburbs, get stuff. I mean, when I moved out, I didn't buy a new fridge until last year. Yeah, I bought secondhand washer. I've only just started buying nice stuff for my house as it's going. Yeah. And as a handy tip, if you're um if you're looking for big ticket items for your house, I shop twice a year cr- after Christmas and then at the end of financial year sale. So whatever the okay. two big times in the year are, whether it's yeah in the states it's like Black Friday, sure. yeah, probably I don't know end of. So in Australia, it's like end of financial year is thirty June. Yeah. And then the Christmas Day, Boxing Day or sales okay. goes for a month. Like just last Boxing Day, I bought a new bed, bed head, a new washing machine. I got a nice Bosch washing machine. Like all this stuff, like literally 50% discount. So like this is a good lesson because everyone who's been listening to this knows that you could buy whatever you want 
uh, at whatever price. Whenever I want. Whenever it. you want, right? Yeah. And it is really interesting because, and there are people who could and they do, and these people might have the same revenue as you, but they're in debt. Yes. And there's probably lots of them. Yeah. And they need your system. Yeah. And so people think that it's impossible, right? Even the ones that are making or grossing what you are. So yeah. even if you get to the uh, point, like you don't even have to get to your level of, of income to follow this kind of thing and you'll retain a lot of stuff. Totally. I tell yeah. people, do my spending plan and you'll have more money than you've ever had before. Yeah. Like not everybody needs the the blow account or whatever, but a lot of people do. And exactly. Like there's there's so many different ways to look at this. Uh, and I'm big on so even like if you needed a new fridge, right? Yeah, you would probably save money buying a secondhand one for a hundred dollars to get you through to Christmas, and then buy a brand new one that will last you the eight years. Okay, at half price. Interesting. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I, I'm big on quality now. Like, yeah, well, that's important I, too. I'm big on quality, yeah. and I can afford it. So, for example, these boots. Yeah. $600. But they're great quality. Amazing quality. The most comfortable things in the world. They're R.M. Williams, if anyone's listening. They're Australian made. There's R.M. in New York, so they're obviously over this side of the world. But they're amazing quality. I've got another pair that I recently got resold. It only was $180. Like, I'll keep these for over 10 years. And, and these are also, though, your reward. Exactly. Because, you know, again, if you're listening, you're doing tons of things to take care of you in the future. Totally. And because you came up with these systems and processes and you worked hard early on in your life to get to, get to this point, it's like the, the worst is when people do get to your level and then they're still holding on to all this money for I, free. I learned from somebody worth maybe $30 million Sure. that money just amplifies who you are. Okay. And what it does is it's just amplified my generosity. Yeah. And I can amp because I've always liked quality, like quality shoes, quality jeans, the the watch. Like this is, I I saw this Omega. It's funny. I'm not going to promote this episode no. because I don't want to have my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> no, but but no, it's a really good point. But I guess like you I, didn't I, start this when you were 26. You didn't have these boots and and watch and no, shoes. I, no, you. You work to get to a certain yeah. point, and why shouldn't you yeah. reward yourself? Yeah. Whether it's, it's with watches and boots or not, for you me, can do it's, it. it's not a consumerism thing. It's a I like quality for the long term. Yeah. So this watch, I was in New York, and it, like you just got to shop for stuff. Like this was five thousand five hundred US. Wow. In okay. Omega <laughs> on Fifth Avenue, Sorry, right? That's uh, blowing me away. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but I'm going somewhere with this. Yeah, like, of course. I got it online. For three and a half US. Okay. Yeah. Plus a bit of tax. But someone said to me, Oh, do you only wear that on special occasions? No, I'm enjoying this yeah, every enjoy day. It. Like, if you're going to make your money, I've enjoy worked, it. Like, and it wasn't easy starting the business. I now don't care that I earn a lot of money because I sacrificed a lot. You weren't there at the nights where I'm up thinking when I'm going to get paid next in the early of days, like yeah, literal like anxiety attacks almost, yeah. Like so now I'm like, well, I'm just give some, save some, spend some. You've got to be in balance, yeah. But I was challenged by a business coach the other day. We did this thing where so maybe draw a cross on a bit of paper. In the middle of the cross is zero, and the end points of the cross yep. is ten. 
Okay. So you might write family, relationships, money, health. Sure. And you put a dot and rate them. Yeah. So my personal health or fitness was quite low. It was, eh? Okay. So looking at my personal spending plan, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't want to pay myself more out of the business mm-hmm. because I'm not getting new revenue. Yeah. So I had to pull some back from my charitable giving and put into me and do Pilates now once a week. Yeah, because you won't be able to give if you're not around. Exactly. To give. So you gotta, like you said, balance. Yeah. So I, I meet with my own money coach and business coach mm-hmm. every three months, and we do accountability things, and they keep me on track. Like because I'm a everybody needs coaches. That's right. right. Is that your yes. your belief? I'm a financial advisor. I coach people. Yeah. I'm still human. I still want to buy stuff. You still need some accountability. I said to them the other day, oh, I think I need to put on a new staff member just to help. And they're like, no, you don't need to. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, you just saved me 45 grand a year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, That's right. They're looking at it from the outside. Exactly. You, you might get a little wrapped up in it. Totally. And what I tell clients, you're in your own echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And if there's a couple, you're both in an echo chamber. Yes. You just need someone else outside to speak into to that. And when did you start um, delegating to your, say, PA? Did you have one from uh, the beginning? No, I did everything myself yes. until I was running out of hours. Basically. But even you were only working a couple of days a week back then too? I wasn't working full hour days, so yeah. Okay. Um, but because what, what I was doing was profitable because yeah. it was lean. and um, Yeah, so lean business. Yeah, so I think I, I got a full-time, part-time PA in 2012 and then... 13 she went full-time do you remember the motivation at the time to i was sick of doing paperwork i was sick of paperwork yeah it got to the point where i hated i was starting to hate my job because i was wasn't working my skill set okay yeah so we need to like you said self-awareness we need to be aware you know you're sitting standing there in piccadilly circus you're not happy And, and and what did you do when you realized that i just remember if there's any reason i'm in London, it's to find out that money doesn't make you happy. It was almost the point of going to like. Yeah, this I'm is like, why I'm here to you realize know, this? spiritually or whatever it is. Yeah, like, I had to do that hmm. to get some good perspective. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a good realization that money isn't the answer. Yeah, it's a tool. I've got options. Money gives you options. Money gives you options, but like a lot of people in your position, they do make the pursuit of money totally. their goal. Like there's guys that I hang around with and at events, and they just want the big empire. Yeah, I'm like, eh, can't be bothered. I mean, you know, two hundred grand to where I live in Australia, you do whatever you want. Yeah, how much how much money do you would you really need, right? Like you're totally taking care of future you, mm. and so at like. Have you studied much of the fire stuff? Because it's only quite new in Australia. The it, yeah, I'm not not in detail, mm. but it's the uh, like. Would I say I'm fired or whatever? I would say because it it's um typically a million dollars is well, the goal. Well, I've got that. Yeah, and because uh, the the four percent rule say applies because then for the rest of your life you can live for twenty five years or whatever it is. Right, I, I'm, I'm totally butchering this. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. the okay. idea. Is that your money is going to make you enough money to live on. You don't have to work. 
Yeah, okay. Even though you're but, still working. But that's a fallacy because yeah. they all do side hustles anyway and generate well, money. Well, that's it. They don't have to work. Right. But then they do. Yeah. Right? So you're like, uh, for I think a lot of situations, your basics are covered. You don't, your worries are gone, I guess. Sure. Right? But if you wanted extra things, like if you didn't want to live in an RV and travel around the United yeah. States, then you have options to do it. But you know that you're going to be fine. And I think that's the idea. So sure. you, for what you uh, want, uh, you would I would say you're a fire. And I guess know. I will. I like I've got the critical mass behind me, and I don't I don't want to stop working. I need yeah, something no, to and, do, and you don't have to. Yeah. I think that's the, the, that's why there's so many different variations of the the fire thing. And, mm. and you know, like some people just say financially independent. Yeah. Because you're not actually retiring in any way, and I like that. I just like the idea of being financially independent, so that. You don't have to work if you don't want to work or you can work on your own terms. Like we're all going to be doing some work and it's going to generate some money at some point. And to not have to worry about whether that is going to be enough because you've already set the base. Mm. I think that's a freedom is is kind of priceless, actually. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, you mean you've done it not intentionally, but you kind of you did your frugality sort of from 16 to 25 yeah basically you know yeah. what i mean you didn't you're not intentionally you weren't saving at that point but you you learned you did all your learning when we got our first rental house with my our lounge was camping chairs yeah you know this is like that's this is how people start out and mm. you just had all this behind you and and uh the overnight success took me 10 that's, years to get to the that's night what a lot of people say right it's like okay you know how you make 100 grand or, or gross it in your first year yeah it wasn't your first year at all so when people go oh i'm on six figures does that basically mean just over 100 they're allowed to say it once they hit 100 grand so it could right. be 100 it, it could, could be, be 999,000. Yeah. Yeah, yeah though it's hard to know and i think because it's big here in america like the six figure thing like we don't use because that. six figures is it's a it's a lot yeah. for most people sure. so even if it was just a hundred thousand dollars like right on the dot that's fine and so mm. if you say your blog makes six figures a year or whatever it is that's something that is impressive to mm. people well that's yeah. my first goal with my online course and mm-hmm. the blog and the podcast yeah. is to do 100k online yes and and uh why would you pick a money metric for that um because of my personality it is a, a, a measurable thing yeah okay so it's just and a, it's a fun challenge yeah so it's a challenge yeah. right it's not like yeah you're not it's just, it's literally, I, I'm around hundreds of people that are making money online. Yeah. I always like, how do they do it? I'm like, oh, I'm going to give it a crack. This is so, a game. <laughs> this is a competition for you. Yeah. But also, every but, time somebody buys your course, oh, they're it's helping get, them. Totally. And that's like, I like that that's kind of always been your thing, right? It's like all of the stuff that you're doing here is like using all of your skills to to help people with the financial literacy. And of course, I'm sure your planning clients are doing quite, quite yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is really good. It's a very different story, right? Mm. It's, it does seem like rich off the bat, right? Mm. But it's not. It's, it's uh, a lesson about kind of working hard and building it, things up. It was funny. Like last year, a heap of advisors came to FinCon from Australia. I was the only one flying business class. Yeah. And they're all my age. And, you know, they probably do have money and don't want to spend the money on it. But, but you like... To spend I, when you when it makes a difference to you. Yeah, like there's things that I enjoy. Like, you know, somewhat like a lot of people. It's funny. I got friends and they're designers and all that, and they're like, "You need a rug in your house." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not spending a thousand dollars on a rug." I'm sorry. <laughs> you have your priorities, experiences, exactly. as you said, and yeah. And, and I think I've flown business class once by accident. Yeah. Or I got an upgrade, and 
from Australia especially, if you can do it, do it. Uh, you know, why do you have all this money? And and I want to repeat this again that I said it a couple of times. Mm. It's not like you're spending all of your money. You've taken care of the savings and investments already. You're yes. spending the extra, and people need that permission to yeah, do that. Totally. It doesn't matter if it's if it's business class flights or just going to, out to dinner. If you're taking care of everything else, please just do that. Yeah. Right. Spend like spend your money after you've taken care of. Uh, my friend Shannon Lee Simmons wrote "Worry Free Money," and yeah. she's like, take care of the fixed stuff, and then you have the bucket left, and and that's yours to do what you will with. Totally. Totally. And so yeah, the the uh, this is all really good lessons. So your podcast name again? My millennial money. My millennial money, and it's uh it's focused on Australians, but not. Yeah, I mean the concepts that we talk about yeah. cross any borders. Yeah, I mean we've yeah. got listeners in Canada, yeah, exactly. America, but if we go, if we talk a little bit, and we don't go technical, but if we talk about superannuation or yeah. insurance or health insurance, it's going to be Australia specific. But the messages are the same. Totally. Like I grew up, like Dave Ramsey's show yeah. got me through building my business from 2010 you didn't have to, because I didn't have, yeah. And you had some books and, and maybe radio shows and stuff, yeah. but not the volume that there is exactly in, in America. And, and of course, yeah, Canada is the same, right? Mm. I mean, the volume is not the same and things are slightly different, but the messages are all the same. Totally. And so, and the website? Uh, uh, MyMillennialMoney.com. Perfect. And so, people can listen. There, you have a bunch of episodes, right? How many have you made? I think we've got 26 or 7 at the moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's uh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, we're in uh, Orlando, Florida, FinCon. Are you, uh, will I be seeing you in uh, Washington next year? Yeah, I, I think I have to. I it's mean, closer to home. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I have family there, so maybe they'll let me stay, too. Yeah. So, I don't have to stay in... Uh, pay $40 a day parking. Yeah. Uh, apparently, that's what somebody posted in the I forum. I saw that, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 18 here, but, it, you know, I got a nice Man, uh, if this conference pass. was in Sydney, it'd be $80 a day. That's it, right? And, and of course, uh, no... Well, some people would probably fly, right, mm. there. I mean, I've, I was there. I, if it was when I was there, that would have been great. So you're going to come back? This is like something... I, at, I purchased my ticket today. You already, And I, I might do the same. And I mean, you, it's you, the cheapest. It's the cheapest, and you hedge your bet because you get the online... You can always transfer it at, the, at like pretty close to the date, I think a month before. Yeah, or something I'll be here. Cut off. Yeah, I'll be yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I will too. I have to work a few things out, but... Uh, <laughs> Clear it through head office. <laughs> we'll uh, you will fi- we'll, uh, figure that out. Okay, well, thanks so much, Glenn. No worries, that was this fun. This is really good, and uh, yeah, you know, let's just keep talking about this yeah. stuff, right? Perfect. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. I'd love to get your feedback on this episode in my new Facebook group. To find the group, go to Facebook and search for The Personal Finance Show. Once you're approved, you'll be able to interact with me and previous guests of the show and other fans as well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. Next week, my guest will be Elizabeth Namofsky, host of the new TV show Finance is Personal, a lively educational talk show featuring female guests with an emphasis on financial literacy for women.